You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Brad Biggerstaff. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. And now, let's meet Midway. morning, Midway United Methodist Church. It's so great to see you on this Sunday morning, the last Sunday of June. I am back with you all here in Forsyth County, 
Uh, happy to be back after a two-week vacation, nice and refreshed. Got to drive through about 15 different states, even our nation's capital, uh, and it was a great time uh, to see the beautiful United States and, uh, and enjoy a time away. Uh, I'm grateful to be back with you, though, especially as we begin to relaunch church. Uh, meeting in our sanctuary on July 5th. Uh, we'll have service, a traditional service at 8.30 and contemporary service at 10.30. Uh, we're grateful for those that uh, will be coming and we'll get to see you and our socially distanced worship. Um, also, we will and want to assure you that we will continue to have online services from now on. Uh, online services will never go away. Uh, we want to continue to remain committed to connecting with those who may not feel comfortable coming back yet, which is totally okay. And all of those who may not have been able to make it prior to this or are checking out our church online. Uh, all great ways that we will continue to connect through online worship uh, as we uh, shift into streaming our services. Well, today it's great to see you. It's great that we have gathered together to worship uh, the Lord our God. Uh, and so now let us time in this welcome time to, uh, to say hey to a friend in the chat. Darkness, your loving kind. 
God, we thank you for today, for stirring our hearts through worship. Your loving kindness is uh, its beyond compare, Lord. It's beyond description. Um, our words fail to express the sentiment that is your faithfulness and your loving kindness. Lord, continue to remind us 
of the new mercies that we see every morning. Please remind us of all you do for us so that we can respond in worship and in adoration. Lord, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your loving kindness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, Now we come to the part of our service uh, where we come to the Lord our God in prayer. Uh, we invite those who have prayer requests uh, to continue to type those out in the chat, uh, and we will add those to our prayer list as we continue to pray for each and every one of you throughout the week. But now let us come 
humbly before our God and bow our heads in prayer. Almighty God, we come to you humbly, searching for your love, expecting your presence. We ask today for your holy love to come over all of us in the midst of our loneliness, in the midst of our pain. In the midst of not knowing what's next, we ask for you to be here and with us. God, we specifically ask that as we, as Midway United Methodist Church, begin to reopen our church, that we do it in your glory and in your honor. That our reopening would be a reopening to worship you and you alone. We ask that there's a healing covering upon this church. That no sort of virus would come in anyone's way. No one would experience pain and suffering from such a thing. And that we are strengthened and enlivened to love one another in our congregation through practicing measures of social distancing. We're grateful today that we can continue to worship, though, in this space through online. We're grateful for the good gifts that you give to us, that we creatively use to give you glory. God, as we enter into this new season, be with each and every one of us. For you sent your Son into this world to take on human flesh, to dwell among us, to be a part of us. We are grateful for that as we endeavor into a new season. We ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our scripture lesson for today comes to us from the book of Genesis, the 21st chapter beginning with the 8th verse and continuing through the 21st. Hear now God's word to us this day. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Do you not be afraid? For God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, 
Lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever felt invisible? I sometimes joke that I'm the invisible member of my family, at least when it comes to the family photo album. I was the third and last child born to my parents, so they were too busy parenting by the time I came along to catalog the growth of their youngest offspring. The first three years of my life amount to a grand total of a single page in the family photo album. So when our two boys were born, I committed myself to cataloging their growth. Neither of them was going to say that they only had a page in the family photo album. So I tried my best to record the rapidly passing years, but when I went to put their pictures in the albums, I realized because I had been the photographer, I was not in any of the pictures invisible. Do you know what it is to be invisible? Maybe you are someone who goes off to work every day and drags yourself home at night only to be met with the chores that have piled up at the house while you were away. You fall into bed exhausted knowing that you've got to get up and do it all over again the next day. You're so busy bringing home the bacon that sometimes you feel like a stranger in your own home, invisible. Or maybe you live in a home where everyone is glued to their smartphones. You start to share something about your day only to realize that no one's listening either because they have their earbuds in or because they're too busy texting someone somewhere else in the world, invisible. Or maybe you're a student. You go to school or come here to church and find yourself sitting alone, no one to talk to, no one to hang with. Your phone is your best friend, invisible. Or perhaps you live alone or, or are stuck at home for any of a number of reasons up to and including a pandemic. No one ever comes to see you. The phone rarely rings. You wonder if your neighbors would even notice if the newspaper began piling up at your door or if anyone at church would miss you if you stopped coming. Out of sight, out of mind, invisible. Nothing in our experience, though, compares to the original invisible woman, Hagar. She was so invisible that in order to find her, you would have looked, had to look at the bottom of society's barrel. She was a foreigner, an Egyptian living among Jews. More than that, she was a slave girl property to be sold and traded no differently than a milk cow. She was so invisible, no one as much bothered to call her by her name. Even after birthing a son for her mistress, Sarah referred to her only as that slave girl. Phyllis Tribble says, all sorts of rejected women find their stories in Hagar's story. She is the faithful maid exploited, the black woman used by the male and abused by the female of the upper class, the surrogate mother, the resident alien without legal recourse, the other woman, the runaway youth, the religious fleeing from affliction, 
the pregnant young woman alone, the expelled wife, the divorced mother with child, the shopping bag lady carrying bread and water, the homeless woman, the indigent relying upon handouts, the welfare mother, and the self-effacing female whose own identity shrinks in service to others. To us, Hagar the Horrible is the name of an old comic strip, but to Hagar, horrible is her lot in life. What's surprising about Hagar's story is not the bad hand dealt her. That is to be expected given her gender, her class, and the culture and time in which she lived. What's also no surprise is that the menage a trois took a bad turn. We could have predicted that Sarah, having given birth to her own son, would now begin to resent the fact that Isaac would have to share his father's inheritance and attention equally with his half-brother, Ishmael. Neither is it surprising that Abraham, despite being distressed, gives in so easily to his wife's demand to cast out the slave woman along with her son. Happy wife, happy life, they say, right? Abraham's, what, 100 years by now? He's been married to Sarah for about 85 years. You don't think he's learned by now that if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy? So Abraham gives Hagar a little care package and sends her and his son packing, his guilt mitigated by a promise of divine blessing. As for the son of the slave woman, God says, I will make a nation of him also because he is your offspring. So now Hagar and Ishmael, the water having dried up in the canteen, are out in the desert dying of thirst. We could have predicted such a storyline because this is at Hagar's first rodeo in the desert. Back in Genesis 16, when Sarah got impatient waiting on God to fulfill the promise of an offspring, she offered up her slave girl to Abraham as a surrogate. But once Hagar got knocked up, she started to look down on her mistress, poor and fertile octogenarian Sarah. In turn, Sarah dealt so harshly with Hagar that she ran away. Alone in the desert, Hagar sat down by a stream where an angel of the Lord appeared to her and told her to return to her mistress, reassuring her with the promise I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for the multitude. So the divine promise that Ishmael would be the father of Islam was delivered first to Hagar and only later to the patriarch Abraham. Hagar may have been invisible to the world, but she was seen by God and both she and her son were included in the promises of God. The slave girl became a key figure, being the first person in scripture whom a divine messenger visits and the only person who dares to name God. Because God saw her, Hagar named God El Roy, the God who sees. Genesis 16 verses 13 and 14 say, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Ber Lahai Roy, Roy, the well of the living one who sees me. Now Hagar finds herself in the desert once again. Having run out of water, the woman who has been cast out by Abraham now casts her own son out under a bush. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, 
What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy. So El Roy, the God who sees Hagar, is also the God who hears Ishmael, the boy whose name means he hears. Isn't that what we all long for, my brothers and sisters? To no longer be invisible, to be seen and also to be heard, really heard and not just by anyone, but by the one who sees us just as we are, where we are and promises a future beyond our current situation. The tale of Hagar and Ishmael follows a predictable storyline. We're not really surprised that God intervenes to save Ishmael and give him a future. The real surprise, I think, is that the tale of Ishmael, the father, the father of Islam, should be recorded in the Jewish scriptures. Hagar and Ishmael could have easily disappeared in obscurity into the desert. If Isaac was the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham, why not write Hagar and Ishmael out of the Jewish scriptures altogether? They aren't part of God's covenant with Abraham, so why include them? One commentary suggests because the story reminds us of something important. It reminds us that as the people of God, that God's saving acts are not confined to us and our community and to those who look and act like us. God acts of deliverance occur out and about in the seemingly God-forsaken corners of our world, even among those who may be explicitly excluded from the people of God. Here in the story of Hagar and Ishmael, we see God at work among the invisible, the outcasts, the refugees of the world who fill our world as much today as they did then. They're crying out, my brothers and sisters, to be seen and heard, not as refugee or Muslim, black, illegal, gay, poor, abused, widowed, homeless, in prison, addicted, but as children of Abraham, and more importantly, as children of God. Do you know what it is to be invisible? So do they. And if the people of the God who sees and hears will not see and hear the invisible of the world today, then I ask you, who will? Let us pray. God of the forsaken, God of the forgotten, God of our fathers and mothers, Though we may at times feel invisible to the world, we thank you that we are never invisible to you or ever out of reach of your love and grace. Heal our divisions, O oh Lord. Heal our divided hearts. Heal our families. Heal our church. Heal our communities. Heal our world. Help us to hear again the angel's words, do not be afraid. And help us as the eyes and ears of Christ to see and to hear and to act on behalf of those who are invisible to our world. For you are the word made flesh, the one who our souls thirst for, a God who not only sees and hears us, but a God visible and loose in our world. In the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today is a day of celebration, but also a sad time for us because this is officially Danny's last day for us as Midway's pianist after 26 years. And we are glad to be able to share with you that he and Mike will continue uh, to worship and be a part of uh, the family here at Midway and find other avenues to serve in the church. And also, I want you to know that when we are back in in-person worship, at some point, we will have a reception so that everyone will have an opportunity to greet Danny and we'll also have him play again so that y'all can uh, celebrate with him in person. Well, my family joined here at Midway in 1997. And uh, shortly after that, I realized, or I was told by the Reverend uh, Charles Robinson that Danny would not like to play for the contemporary service anymore. So I took over for him at the 945. I joined the choir and we became fast friends ever since then. We've probably done 20 cantatas, I don't know, 10 or 15 um, music for missions and other mission music fundraisers. Uh, we've been called the Captain and Tennille, and even Ricky and Lucy, we've been called that. Um, but it's been a friendship uh, and a family feel um, for many years, and the choir is going to certainly miss you. And, but we have a gift that we would like to present to you. Uh, we have three of these. This one goes home with you. And this is the bass. And this is the gift from the choir. And uh, there are three bells. And they each say, in appreciation of Danny Thomas, 26 years of music. And this will find a place, I hope, in your home. And another one just like this will find a place in the chapel. And then we have a larger one to go in the sanctuary. So it's been a wonderful 26 years. I appreciate it. 21 with me, and I love you. Yep. Love you. I'm going to take this. Sandy has a presentation. Nope. So on behalf of the church and SPRC, we are more than glad to present you with a little token of our appreciation. And um, just can't thank you enough for 26 years of humble service to our church. Thank you. And, uh, Certainly wish you the best and glad that we're going to continue to get to worship with you going forward. We're looking forward to it. Thank you. And just one more word of appreciation from your pastor. Thank you for always keeping the tempo. <laughs> that is so important in worship, <laughs> and you make makes my heart glad. Yes, yes. So we love you. Love you. And we're so glad that y'all will continue to be with us. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much. Let us now continue to worship our Lord and our God.
and delivered me from every fear those who look on him are radiant they'll never be ashamed they'll never be ashamed this poor man cried and the Lord heard me and saved me for joining us this morning for worship at Midway and we look forward to continuing to worship with you here online and also in person as we open the doors of the church again this coming Sunday July 5th receive now the benediction may God go before you to guide you may God go behind you to direct you may God go beside you to befriend you May God rest above you to protect you. May God rest below you to uphold you. And may God dwell within you to comfort you, now and forevermore. Amen.
You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.